Welcome, you're listening to the Leading Hope Podcast. My name is VJ Williams, joined by my friend and pastor, <laughs> Kevin you. Jack. Thank you for joining us, taking time out of your day. Become a better leader. If you're new, we release a new episode every Wednesday. The easiest way to remember is to hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform. Get that downloaded every week. Also, share this with a friend on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, all the things. Also, rate and review on Apple Podcasts, a few extra minutes. Uh, doing that will absolutely help get this in the podcast uh, hands of so many more leaders just like you. And visit leadinghope.online to get updates and find out more about the Leading Hope community. Kevin, today we continue the series, All Things Change. We complete it today. Wrap That's it up. That's what I meant to say. You're wrapping it up. Wait, we're also continuing it. 174. 174. Change leadership. Change leadership. There it, is. there it is. So this is the fun thing we've been building to throughout this series, this idea that we've talked throughout this series, all things change, that everything can change, but not all things can change equally easy. And you have to be aware of the process of change if you're going to enact effective change in your organization, culture, group, family, whatever it is. Today, we want to zero in on the idea of what it actually looks like to lead change, what it looks like to be a change leader. And um, people have identified several different roles within the process. Change leader is not the only one who makes change happen. Uh, there are initiators who identify the need for change, don't necessarily lead it. There are implementers who have to buy into the process. There are facilitators who help design the process. And while all these different roles are needed, there absolutely must be a leader of the change who, ready for the definition? Leads the change. Wasn't that great? Yep. That's great. The change leader leads, leads the, the change. change. How about that? You get it. I do get it. And so this is what I want to talk through today is I would just want to talk through kind of, hey, three factors. The last one's really more helpful tips at the end to be aware of on being the type of leader that can lead change. And so you must be or become a certain type of person. I don't mean like certain type of skills taken style, just to be clear, be or become a certain type of person to effectively see change take hold. And I want to walk through four of these, but I want to give this note, okay, on the type of person you need to be to see change take hold is you don't have to be all of this on the front end. You may become this throughout the process. Yeah. If you're going to see it all the way through, you will need to become all four of these things. But I don't want you to look at it and go, oh, my goodness, I'm not that. And so this can't happen because these can be developed throughout the change process. So the four things you need to be or become to see change take place. First one is a commitment to improvement. You must be the kind of person who is unsatisfied with the status quo who is not okay with things staying where they are. Now, that doesn't mean that you're committed to the prescribed next step. We talked about this in the change process idea, okay? You have to be flexible in it. Some leaders, they just march through the process, not realizing that once they got to step seven, they had actually lost everyone at step three. Okay, not that kind of person who's committed to the plan. You need to be the kind of person who is committed to improvement over time. Second thing is you need to be someone who has emotional intelligence, someone who can read a room, someone who can read people, someone who can discern motivations. And the most effective skill of emotional intelligence you need is communication. Like your communication skills 
are so paramount during designing a change process and leading through it. Uh, third piece of the four of who you have to become is you need to ha- be someone with influence. We talked about that last week of the cards that you gain over time. Not having influence will always limit your options. And eventually, if you have limited options, all your options will be bad options. And so you need to become the kind of person who can gain and hold influence over time. And the fourth piece is, and this feels redundant. It feels silly because I want these all to be like just easily definable skills. But the reality is you need to be someone who is intelligent. (laughs) You need to be someone who can connect the dots that other people can't necessarily see. Or you need to have someone around you closely who's helping you connect those dots. And I I just, man, I I don't want to get too much on a tangent on this. But I get in so many circles with other pastors and what gets espoused is this view that we all have different styles and every approach is effective. And I always just want to pull back and just be like, wait, that's not going to work. Or that's not going to create the culture that you're seeking to create. It will create something, but it's not creating the thing that you're seeking to create. And I've just found that like the longer you, the, the more experience you gain, if you're aware, the quicker you'll be able to identify patterns, the quicker you'll be able to see the results, the outcomes that your initiatives lead to over time, which honestly, I don't believe it's necessarily just simply an IQ thing. I often believe that it's an experience thing that you need to see how these different things play out. But those are four factors real quickly. You need to have a commitment to improvement. You need to have emotional intelligence. You need to have influence and you need to have intelligence. Oh, oh. here we go. Let's start with, I just want to, I want to talk a little bit about that first one because I think I think that one is the one that people uh, agree with, but f- have a most trouble uh, being yeah. su- successful at. I think everyone wants to be intelligent. I don't know anyone who wants to not be intelligent. Um, and they probably try to figure out how to do that. Same with influence. Everybody wants to have. I don't know anybody who goes, ah, I don't want any influence and I'm in leadership. Uh, yep. That's not going to work out well. Yep. Right? We get that. Go back to commitment to improvement. I think that's where we struggle is because uh, here's my question. Go. How do you, I know you, I know that you're always looking to improve because we can always get better. That's the reason we're doing a podcast. How do you not make that feel tyrannical? Oh, because, I don't know. Yeah, because I think that's what people always. I mean, I can. I I would just say that I could be maybe seen that way sometimes because I'm always looking for something to make it better. And we've done a series on that, and we know that if you're making something just, better, you're making something worse. But at the end of the day, how do you balance that kind of? If I'm always looking commitment to improve it, that I can I be just looked at assume way. everybody wants it to get better. Oh, okay. So you think everybody, you you don't think anybody comes in that just wants to just do their job and go home? No, I do. Okay. I just assume I'll be a constant frustration to them Uh, in the best way possible. There we go. Cool. That's great. That's perfect. You want to explain that, what that means? I'm perfectly fine to say like, I'm going to operate as if we all want it to be better. And if you eventually get tired of making it better, you're not going to like me. I'll be a frustration to you. how, How do you become a frustration? Because I keep putting stuff on them to make it better that they don't want to do. There you go. That's great. I mean, that's really important. I think people need to know that. I don't know if it's the best way to lead, but it's how I lead. But I mean, it does make sense, right? 
To me? (laughs) It's commitment to improve, right? Yes. If you need that and you need it for everyone, otherwise the organization gets stuck somewhere. Yes. It's important. So I think that's important. Good. Cool. Okay. uh, Second piece on becoming a change leader. And that is like, there are a lot of different change styles. You have to effectively embody the type of change leader that you are. You don't have to be effective at all the different ways of leading change, but you do have to be effective at the way in which you lead change. And so if I could just give you kind of, there's a thousand of these, but if I could give you four broad genres to help you create some identification as to go, this is the type of leader I think I am. Uh, there are the, um, there's the emotional champion, the development strategist, the intuitive adapter, and the continuous improver. So let me give quick descriptions of each of these. The emotional champion has a clear and powerful vision of what the organization needs and uses that vision to capture the hearts and motivations of the organization's members. This is the charismatic leader more than anything else who says, this is where we're going and they pull people with them. Second type, the development strategist. This is the person who applies rational analysis to understanding the competitive logic of the organization and how it no longer fits with the organization's existing strategy. So this is the person who says, this is what we've done. If we're going to become this, this is what we have to do in order to do that. This person usually lives a little stronger in the data, but that's the development strategist. Third type, the intuitive adapter really is clear for the organization and has a clear vision for the organization and they use that vision to reinforce a culture of learning and adaptation the the intuitive adapter really just shapes it and grows as they go they're very good at continuous improvement and they're very good at flexible in their plan and then the fourth type is the actual continuous improver that it analyzes the environment and seeks change by re-engineering systems and processes. So if I could spell this out just a little more clear, the emotional champion is very charismatic. The developmental strategist is very much a thinker and long range strategist over time. The intuitive adapter is very good at feel reading the room and seeing what needs to happen next. And the continuous improver is the person who tinkers, who continuously makes small tweaks and changes over time that looks like leaps over a broader run of time. And so I would just say it is like, you don't have to be good at all four, but you do need to be good at one. And you do need to know which one you're good at, because if you're the continuous improver and you try to be the emotional champion, you're probably going to fall flat on your face. This one's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, identifying which one. Well, yeah, because you, I I get that you don't need to be great at all of them. That would be almost impossible. Uh, But that you find yourself in seasons becoming maybe one or the other, uh, depending on what you're actually trying to accomplish. That's fair. Um, But what for you, what's, what's this look like? Um, I, I think I'm a, I think I'm a share of the first one and the fourth one. I'm not the intuitive adapter. Gotcha. That's not my, I'm not saying I can't do it. Right. But that's not where I want to live. Yeah. I, I, I would uh, agree with all of that. I, it's funny for myself as I look at this, I want to, I want to say, you know, I, I want to be the smart, like developmental strategist. Yep. And, and then I'm like, ah, oh, you know, a couple of years ago we did this thing called, uh, 
Christmas in July. There was no strategy <laughs> around it. I just stood up and said, what are we doing this summer? Yep. What are we going to get yep. people to, yep. to, to... And I just stood up and I just... Christmas in July. That's what we're doing. And we're like, what is it? It's Christmas in July. We're doing it. It actually worked out really well. It did. But there was no strategy behind it. Yep. It was emotional leader. So uh, it's just an, extra, uh, an interesting uh, exercise to do when you actually look at this. I think everyone should try to try to do that. I think uh, people who see me from a distance think I'm the developmental strategist. Yeah. And that's not me. Right. Like I can do it broad based, right? But I don't want to get into the nitty gritty, which is where that really lives. I got you. That's a great explanation. So yeah. broad versus what it really is. Yeah, I can say this is where we need to head, but like to define every existing strategy that is needed to get there. Oh, that's not me. Yeah, nah, that exhausts you. So I would just say it is like to really encourage people to like identify which of those four really you fit into, and then live in it. Yeah. Like, don't try to always be the, not that you can't develop, but don't try to live in the other ones fully. It's good. All right. So here's some, let's, uh, this is kind of like hot round Ooh. to end up this series. Okay. Okay. So I just want to go through as kind of this last bit of change leadership. Here's just a list of some learned rules for change leadership. Okay. These are things that people learn over time that we want to share with you to say like, hopefully this is helpful on leading change. So I want to give them to you quick. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of them Oof. that we're going to talk through right now. Okay. And yep. we're going to be fast. V comment on each, whatever right. you want or pass or whatever. Okay. Or, Share a story or I'll, a joke. Whatever I got to do. Or count like the count. That's I can do that. <laughs> oh, really? I can. Oh, nice. One. First one. Stay alive. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> stay alive. Sorry. Oh, that's nice. Like, understand that as you're leading change, it's going to be hard. And one of the most important things you have to do is stay in the game. Okay. Stay involved. That's stay really active. Good. Uh, I, we've shared this quote several times. The most important role of a senior leader is to stay encouraged. Yeah. Stay alive. Yep. Stay alive. Good. Number two, start where the system is, or we could insert there culture is team is whatever, not where you want it to be. Start where people are. An easy rule of thumb is like people make the mistake that they think they're further along in the change process than they actually are at the very beginning. Yeah. And so they really lose people early on. Yeah, and you might have, you might mentally be a way out, but that's going to get you shot. Yep. <laughs> I love it. My favorite. <laughs> yep. Uh, third one, work downhill. That is, hey, small wins, especially early on, are huge because they build momentum. And so don't try to tackle the biggest project right away. Find some early ways to gain momentum that'll give that sense of, hey, we're already running downhill on this. So the future difficult things are that much easier. Yeah. Big Mo, a cliche for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, fourth one, organize, but don't over-organize. Okay, we've talked about this. Hey, planning is essential, but planes are useless. The idea like, hey, you need to know what you're trying to do, but not to the point. I would say there is a massive difference between organized and control. You can organize the process, but you cannot control the process because if you try to control it, you won't be flexible where you need to be flexible. So organize, but don't over-organize. What was the Roosevelt quote? Or Eisenhower. Eisenhower, sorry. Yeah, the... Plans yeah. are useless, but planning is essential. There you go. I love it. So good. Uh, next one. This fits well with the work downhill, but I would just say it like this. Pick your battles carefully. Woo. 
an early loss can derail the entire process. And so just be very cautious as to, especially early on, which battles you're going to fight. Yeah, this is this is a leadership podcast, but if you're a parent, this applies. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, <laughs> so good. Pick your battles carefully. Uh, next one. This may sound completely different from the pick your battles carefully, okay? But they both work. Light many fires. <laughs> but this is what I mean. And please help me clarify if this doesn't seem yeah. like it's making sense. Yeah. Light many fires. You're not smart enough to have a perfect path. Yeah. You're not smart enough. Like no one is to know if it's a if it's a broad sweeping cultural change to know everything that has to happen. And so at certain spots points in time you need to know these are the battles that i'm gonna avoid but at other spots you go hey i'm just gonna try stuff yeah i'm just gonna try some stuff in these different areas and trust that a couple of them are gonna turn into wins and if you start many fires you're far more likely to gain some early successes yeah i like the use of fire there just in the context of uh passion yep absolutely so if we can like just equate this for like motivating a team for change yeah Okay, um, if I just say like early on, different things we did here is we got feedback. We did a listening experience, yeah. which was this huge field trip tour. Yep. I did surveys. I did group meetings. Yep. Like I did a whole bunch of different things because I didn't know what was going to click for each individual. Yeah. My hope was between the five or six things we did that one of them would. Yeah, And so that's how you start many fires. You go, I don't know exactly what's going to make this work. And so I'm going to try these things and hope that one of them does. That's great. And then you can build on it. And then last one, and this is the most important thing of this entire series. We need actual sound effects. I know, we can get that on the board over there. We'll do that. We'll put that on Matt D's. He'll love that. This is this idea. You can't make a difference without doing things differently. And I know that seems so obvious, but it's you not. can't make a difference without doing things differently. And so if I could just share just like real, like I will talk to other pastors and they will talk about the things they're trying to change in their church. And I will just go, what are you doing to make that happen? Yeah. It's crickets. Yeah. It's just like, yep. Well, you have to change a system or a process or a value or the yep. stories that you tell. And, and so often, like, people assume if they think about the thing that they want to have changed, <laughs> that it will manifest itself in reality. I just say, like, Sorry, that's, that's not going to work. And I've, man, V, I've had conversations yeah. with people who've been in ministry assignments for three, four years. And they're coming out of it like, when I took it, it's like this. It was when I when I first took the role, it was in this bad spot. Just be like, well, what's it like now? The same. Yeah. So, what'd you do? Nothing. Yep. Well, why why'd you think anything was gonna change if you didn't do anything different? <laughs> here's 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 the sign that we need to place. The shirt <laughs> that needs to be made. And I love the way we can wrap this up and you can wrap yeah. it up in just a second, but it's it's don't go insane. Do it differently. Yes. Yes. You are causing your own insanity. Exactly. Try something else. Yeah. If we go see. back to the statement like insanity <laughs> is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different Don't result. Don't go insane. Do yep. it differently. If you haven't changed anything, 
nothing is going <laughs> to change. It's and and we look, we've all done that. Like we have to kept trying it because we wanted to will ourselves into it. And we oh, it'll work. Yep. Not going to work. Uh if every morning when I get my kids up if when we sorry, careful use of terms. Yeah. If when we get our kids up and get them ready for school, it's always a fight. Why would I would ex- why would I expect tomorrow it's going to be different yeah. if we run through the same routine? Yep. If I want something to be different, I have to do things differently. Yeah. And not caring about it isn't going to make it different either, just so we know. Yep. That's it. Good. What do you got here for 174? Now, I just really want people, my hope was, and I know this is a lot of details and there is a ton in the show notes on this, okay? Our hope is that our belief is that you're a leader and leaders change things. Yeah. Leaders change things and make them better over time. And so we don't want you to walk into a situation blind. We don't want you to be shocked at how hard it is. And we don't want you to kill the change from the start by fighting the wrong battles or not gaining influence. And so our hope throughout this whole series is just to go, hey, we want to give you a comprehensive look of what factors into a change process and then to define for you the type of person you need to become to lead that because we believe that you can be the kind of person to lead effective change that will have a lasting impact that will make our organizations better for the future. And that's what we want for you. That's awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're so grateful for you joining us every week. If you're new to the podcast or haven't yet subscribed to mean the world to us, if you did that now, also post about it, rate and review or both. You won't believe how that helps get this podcast in the hands of so many more leaders like you that are trying to get better like us. We love hearing your stories. Keep those coming uh, and comment on the Instagram posts. We love to hear those uh, and how it's working in your life and business. If you have a story, visit leadinghope.online and send that to us. We'd love to hear from you. And remember, everyone has 20 minutes to learn to become a better leader. Make it count. Woo!